From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm Amanda Icone. Accountants will tell you that one of the most frustrating parts of their job is that they rely on a bunch of different computer programs, but those programs don't always play well with one another. But there is a solution for that. Automation. Think of robotics process automation and program interfaces that link together different platforms. Whatever the form, automation is increasingly at work alongside seasoned tax pros. So we wanted to know more about what tools are available today and what possibilities the latest tech can unlock. So we turn to John McGowan. John is the CEO of HubSync, and as a company, its goal is to try to automate every aspect of the tax process, from onboarding clients to tax return delivery. McGowan was a tax accountant before he launched HubSync in 2018, and his career has included stints as chief information officer for both KPMG and Deloitte's tax practices. I spoke with John about how these new tools can not only help get the work done faster, but can make firms more attractive to new recruits and clients alike. We really have, and what we're hearing a lot from our clients too now, is an API-first mentality. So API is application programming interface. So the whole idea is, you know, let's get people out of this manual inputting of data, taking paper, you know, and punching it into tax return software, and how can you really automate and streamline a lot of this? So APIs are really key. A lot of the software vendors uh, in the industry right now are investing a lot in APIs so that you can integrate with their products I think the one thing that we see is just a lot of the CPA firms don't have developers and technical expertise to kind of take advantage of how to integrate these different applications together. So that's one of the things that we're really working on with our clients. And HubSync is really kind of this integration platform that's bringing all this data together. So it's it's, it's exciting. I wonder if that's, you know, if, if you could sum up, you know, it's really what the promise of, of automation is for tax accounting. I mean, is it just a time saver? Is it just about uniformity of data? Like what, what are the biggest like pros that these tools offer? Yeah, I think the thing we hear, a couple of things that we hear consistently. One is, you know, they, they, they want, you know, one of our clients has this, this term value architect, right? They, they want tax professionals to be a value-added advisor to their clients. They don't want them to be data wranglers, as we call them, where they're hand-punching data, they're getting Excel files, or they're getting paper. You know, as, as, we're, as they're hiring people out of college, that's not what people expect to do when they join a CPA firm. So one of the things is, you know, we want to automate. We want to, obviously, we want to be profitable. We want this tax return to be as efficient and profitable as possible. But we, what we really want is our tax professionals spending more time advising clients. And, you know, if you can show analytics and, and have a conversation about a client around your tax, what's your tax position going to look like in one or two years using analytics and having that kind of consultative dialogue with a client versus spending time data wrangling and doing that, that's that's certainly something we hear. And it kind of ties in with the talent conversation that you and I had last month around recruiting and talent and making sure that these folks have modern technology that they can use when they come into this role to do their to do their job. The other big thing is, you know, on the client side, you know, the clients really expect to have a modern experience with their firm and the expectations around the client experience, you know, they just don't want to get a tax return. You know, what's what's the differentiator that a that a firm can provide to the client around the experience 
around consulting them, around providing kind of a 360 view of their tax position and providing consultative services to the client. So really the expectations on the client side have really elevated as well. People are so used to things in their consumer life being modern and automated. You know, when they're interacting with their CPA firm, they're expecting that same kind of modern experience. So the other thing I'd say is, you know, with the pandemic, um, I really think it has, you know, forced firms to move to a more digital experience. In the past, you'd have, you know, administ- you know administrative assistants in the offices, mailing things. And, you know, one of our clients moved to digital for just signing all their electronic forms. And it was huge for them to be able to do that. So I think the pandemic has really uh, forced a lot of firms to, to say, we've got to become more digital. We don't have as many people in the offices. We have to move away from paper. So there's a lot of drivers right now in the industry, I think, um, pointing to, to innovation and pointing to automation. There are challenges, though, to your point. I mean, just even switching to something like a electronic signature or even up receiving forms from your clients. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of clients that would just rather just you know, send like a big zip file, here's everything you need. Uh, but having a place for them to send that, you know, you have to have something built for them to, you know, to store that information. I, I wonder if you can talk about some of those challenges. Like, you know, what what is the profession facing when it's trying to provide that digital experience to bake more automation into the everyday work that accountants do? I think one of, I think our, we joke around at times, Amanda, that are, that are, our biggest competitor is the status quo. So people, change is hard, change management is hard, and uh, people are used to doing things uh, a certain way and and getting them to change uh, inside firms can be a challenge. So a lot of what we talk about is is not just developing technology solutions, and I experienced this in the big four as well. Um, we, we developed a lot of great tools and at time kind of threw them over the wall and they weren't adopted and we kind of scratched our head like these tools are great why aren't people using them so a lot of this is around training change management and i would hear that a lot in the big four we would train our staff on new tools and then they'd go back to their office and their partner would say yeah that's great that we have all these new tools but we're still doing it the way we did it <laughs> five years ago so there's a lot of change management internally to get folks to, to buy in and, and adopt the technology i think on the client side we're seeing they're thrilled with the experience i mean if they can get you know an engagement letter and they can get an 8879 and they can click on their phone and sign it on their phone versus having to download it, sign it, upload it to a client portal or get a paper version of this and sign it and mail it back. Um, it's such a seamless and easy process. I mean, the, the clients continue to talk about just wanting a frictionless experience with the firm. We sent out um, over 20,000 engagement letters uh, digitally with one of our largest clients. And I think we had about 33% of the engagement letters were signed in two days, which was you know huge for the firm. So in the past, they're, you know, they're trying to chase down and track engagement letters, you know, the day before they're filing a return. So um, I, I think simple things, I know like e-sign and, and automation and, be, and having people be able to do things on their mobile devices, the clients do things on their mobile devices. Um, it's huge. I mean, the feedback has been extremely positive. I wonder too if there's any variation in firm. I mean, you just mentioned that you you even at the big four you encountered, um, you know, resistance to change. I, I mean, do smaller firms or even smaller companies do they are they more nimble and therefore have an easier time and adopting some of these new tools and techniques? I mean, I've talked to, you know, kind of independent CPA firms who, you know, started pre pandemic and were fully digital from the start. 
we we don't we we have clients you know that are large top ten firm we have clients that are um, single offices um, I, I still think there's there's some hesitancy and resistance to to move to digital we just have to you know we have to break through at times um, but I and I think everybody's I think everybody's embracing the vision. Um, I think it's a question, Amanda, of how fast how fast they're moving, and we're trying to get them to move a little faster. Um, and I think we've you know we've got one of our clients that's fully bought in end to end with all of our modules, and it's it's been transformational. Um, I think the other thing too is as we go to market with our story, which is you know cradle to grave engagement letter, it can be a little overwhelming at times, and and sometimes we just I think the key thing is you just pick a place to start. You know, is there a quick win? What's a pain point for the firm? What's an area you can add value to the client? And we, we, we often kind of just go for the quick wins, like, like let's start with, you know, e-sign automation. Let's start with standardized, a standardized work paper in a particular area. And then it kind of grows from there organically. And typically once they buy in, it happens, it happens pretty ra- rapidly and they see the benefits both internally and to their, into their clients. I wonder about cost. Is that a, a barrier? Is that h- how do firms uh, approach um, the budget, right? There are CPAs, right? We, we have a budget for these things. How are we going to pay for, for these new tools, for the investment um, in developing new tools? What, can you talk about that a bit? What we're seeing is a lot, of, a lot more maturity around the investment process. So you've got investment boards or innovation boards you know, that, are, that are looking at business cases around automation and, and technology. Um, oftentimes for us, it creates a little more challenge in terms of uh, navigating across, you know, the different areas of the firm to to get them to invest. Um, but a lot, you know, we focus on tax, but we're off, often dealing also with the innovation officer inside of a firm, which we're seeing the innovation office become a more prominent kind of role inside of a lot of our CPA firms. And obviously the CIO from an IT perspective plays a role. And then typically we are seeing kind of investment committees where we, we have to put forward business cases, which I think is great. I mean, I think it's it's um, it's healthy to have the debate around these investments. I think, you know, one of the things that um, helps sell these tools is just ROI. If you look at, you know, the hours that you take out or the costs around paper or mailing paper. So a lot of what we do is looking at return on investment and, and savings and, and, you know, either savings in time, hard costs around paper and things like that, um, and pitch the the savings with the with the investment. I think the other thing that we that we're seeing is just making sure that these technology investments harmonize across not only tax but audit and advisory and at times that can sl- slow things down when you're trying to get the three different service areas inside a firm to agree on an approach with you know whether it's workflow or client portal or document management or some of the hubsync modules even um, but I, but I, I think that the firms are looking strategically to make sure that the client, you know, has a single pane of glass into the firm and that they're not having to access, you know, a tool for tax and a tool for audit and a tool for advisory in terms of their interactions with the firm. So I think um, we're seeing firms, you know, think more strategically about it. Um, but, you know, I, I think what we are seeing is the wallets are opening up. I mean, I think people recognize that they need to spend money on technology, on automation, um, for a variety of reasons that we discussed earlier, I think you know recruiting the right talent, you know automating, being profitable. Um, we're not seeing a lot of resistance, I think, to to investing in these areas. It does take some time sometimes to go through the process, though. And that's certainly something that's played out over the past year, I would think, with the great resignation and the tremendous amount of turnover. I mean, I know on the audit side, firms are trying to spread out work across offices, and it, that standardization 
issue comes into play. I mean, making sure, you know, the way Dallas does it might be different than San Francisco and making sure everybody's really, um, you know, singing from the same song sheet, so to speak. Uh, you mentioned recruiting, you mentioned talent. I, I, I want to talk a little bit more about that because that, that is an issue that comes up over and over again as I, I talk to sources about technology. I, I wonder if you can talk about just how important of an aspect that is. I, I think, you know, what we hear and, and what I believe is, is it's extremely important. And, you know, we, we saw examples even when I was at KPMG where, you know, our technology, you know, on the audit side, for example, wasn't maybe as, as, as dynamic as some of the other firms. And we we're like, oh, people are going to go work for another one of the big four because their technology is better than, than, than ours. So I, I think, again, what we keep hearing is folks are not coming out of college to, to be data wranglers and to manually enter, you know, data into into tax return software, and you know, this is what I was facing when I left, uh, you know, University of North Carolina in the '90s. I was I, I built some automation to pull data directly from clients and pull it into FastTax, and so this problem has existed for a long, a long, long time. And you know, I, I think it's important to recruitment, and I and you know, it's becoming more and more competitive um, to get good people, and I think folks want to come in, be challenged advise clients. And uh, they're a little more opinionated, I think, in the past than they were. I mean, I came in, I, I, I didn't have any issue was with footing a general ledger on a 10 key. Uh, you know, people now, you know, they, they're coming out of college, and they want to be challenged. And they don't want to do some of the things, you know, that I did when I came out of college as a, as a tax account. So I think it's extremely important. And I to your point on the technology side of things, I think we're seeing, you know, a lot of these universities, Villanova and others that, you know, have data analytics tied with a, a master's degree and, you know, you have people in tax now that are, you know, KPMG, I think everybody's got Alteryx on their desktop, you know, they, they're using Alteryx to do data wrangling and automate, you know, getting data from clients. So I think, you know, there's definitely a marriage between tax and technology that's happening. And we've seen some tax professionals do some amazing things and build their own standardized work papers to get data. And so, you know, people are even taking the initiative and in developing their own, their own tools. So I wonder, what would you tell frontline accountants? Maybe they're, you know, a few years out of college. Maybe they've been in the business a while. How can they convince their bosses that, yes, we should use this? Yes, yes, that tool that our, our folks down the hall developed for us. Yes, we should use it. Yes, we should try this. Like, what would you tell them? What advice would you give them? Where, where can they get started? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Um the way really the, the you know if i tell my own story it was i started doing things with technology and and they looked at my they looked at my budgets on my return and at you know a 25 hour return i was bringing in at, at 10 hours and they're like how did you do this so you know a lot of this is about profitability and 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 being profitable and you know i think when there's some re- some resistance at the higher levels you know one of the things um i've seen be successful again it gets back to roi is is demonstrating you know, how much more quickly you can do a return. But it's not only that, Amanda, the other thing that's really coming into play too is risk. You know, or, you know the, the risk function inside these firms, they want to make sure that, you know, they know when the work paper, we hit a button and all the data goes in, it's going in accurately. When someone manually is doing that, there's, there's a chance for error. So the other thing we haven't talked about is we do see risk coming into play a lot more now and saying, hey, you know, we want to make sure that all the data, the tax returns filed on time, all the data is correct, and how can we use technology to make sure our quality and what we're providing our client is is best practice? So um, the risk aspect of this is is becoming um, a bigger deal inside the firms and, and part of the conversation that we're having. 
That was John McGowan, CEO of the company HubSync. That's it for today's Talking Tax. You can find up-to-the-minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. Today's Talking Tax was produced by Amanda Icone and David Schultz. Patrick Ambrosio and Jeff Harrington are our editors. Our executive producer is Josh Block. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. From Washington, I'm Amanda Icone. The number of words in the tax code is estimated to be 1 million, about the same length as the entire Harry Potter series. Add in IRS regs, rev rulings, and case law, and it can be a lot. We all need a little help to sort it out. Each week on the Tax Girl podcast, I talk to the best in the business. And these aren't crazy technical dives. They're interesting and easy to digest looks at topics that matter to you. It's all that you need to stay ahead on the most important tax issues. You can subscribe to the podcast for free on taxgirl.com because paying taxes is painful, but hearing about them shouldn't be.